Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dano, and with me as always, we have Pato. Welcome, Pato. Hello, Dano. Hello, listeners. We've been dreading it for about 14 weeks, but the <laughs> finally made it to the round 15 bye, and um, yeah, there's, there's some carnage already, Dano. Yeah, fucking oath. Anyway, we'll start off with the group winner uh, for round 14, which was Jacob's team called the Sparklers. You got a massive score of 2,157, Pado. Uh, who do you have? Yeah, huge score. So congratulations, Jacob. Um, defense wasn't too much. Has Sinclair and the fake Primo Ryan in there. But <laughs> midfield, a couple of nice PODs. Uh, Libba, uh, Bontempelli, he's not a POD. Tom Green, Lockie Neal, so a couple of big scores there. Uh, Tim English and Roel Marshall in rucks interestingly had the big break star on as R3, which meant he could have got 39 more points. But anyway, um, <laughs> and the usual suspects up forward. Um, so, yeah, nice, nice team, Jacob. Congratulations on getting our highest score in our group. Now, just before we go into injuries and suspensions, Pato, you're doing something on Wednesday night, aren't you? What are you doing? I am, yes. So if anyone doesn't follow me on Twitter and haven't heard the news, uh, I am a special guest of the Jock Reynolds mailbag this week. So I'm sure if you know of us, you've heard of Jock Reynolds. They're like absolute legends in what they do. And um, yeah, totally chuffed to to be appearing on that as a guest speaker. So make sure um, even even some random questions from Scobie. Um, here's, here's to you, Scobie. <laughs> like, some questions over there and I'm happy to answer them on on the podcast with us, like we we love to do as Supercoach co captains. But yes, I'm very excited to be joining them this week. So keep an ear out for that. Yeah, hundred percent. Good for our potty too, I reckon, Pato. Good for our potty too. We're moving on up. We're moving on up. Um. Anyway, injuries and suspensions. The big one. James Sicily suspension was upheld, so he gets three weeks. Pato, how fucking great. Yeah, I mean, I can say it's great because I I didn't own him, but. It, this just sucked because the AFL delayed it a week to announce that the tribunal hearing was tonight, as in Monday night that we're recording. Yeah. Uh, all, all to uphold the, all, uphold the suspension, and it put owners in a really awkward situation where they jump off and risk him only missing what he was going to miss anyway in his buy, or you hold off another week where you may need your three trades this week to get to 18. Um, and if Sicily did get off, you would be spewing if you traded him last week. So... Luckily, if he did trade him, he has been upheld. So he will miss the next three weeks, so four weeks in total, including his bye weeks. So, look, I think you have to jump off him, honestly, but I'm sure – I haven't looked, but I'm sure we've got some Sicily questions. So yeah, we'll yeah. get to them. Yeah, Jack Steele, this motherfucker, uh, played on but reported knee, Achilles, shoulder, fucking every single – heads, shoulders, knees, and toes issues, Pato. So, yeah, kind of a bit annoying for Steele owners. Uh, your thoughts? I'm just pissed off because I uh, sent sent Patrick Cripps to the Gulag last week <laughs> for him to come out with a with a 120 odd or whatever he got kicking two or three goals and I didn't even watch the game. I had a basketball game and I log in after the game and see that Carlton have won by 50 points and then I was like, fuck, Cripps has gone big here and sure enough, he got 117 the week I traded him out and then of course had to watch Jack Steele um, the night before 
absolutely do terribly. Um, the guy's struggling. Ross Lyon was asked about it, said there's no knee injury. Um, he's playing a bit sore, but, like, it's not the knee. And, like, we're not fucking stupid. Like, we can see that he's struggling. So, really, really yeah. tough. I was almost certain last week when I traded out Crips that Steel would be the one that just fucking goes to shit and Crips would come good. But it helped my buy structure a little bit. But having Jack Steel dropping 50s is not going to help anything. So, personally, right. I'm in a shit spot there. But, yeah, I think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors potentially happening as well. Um, they do play Geelong this week, and Geelong like to play these sort of games. So, I'm wondering if there's some games being played by Ross Lyon there. But, yeah, he did not look good. Another one with smoke and mirrors around him is Clayton Oliver. Um, uh, sorry. Oh, yeah, Oliver's the one playing Geelong, not, not Jack Steele. I skipped ahead, Dano. Good yeah. start. Yeah, I know. I was trying to recover that for you there, man, by doing it very subtly. <laughs> ah, fuck it. Uh, yeah, just pointed out. It's all good. Anyway, Clayton Oliver's the one that he really was going to be talking about there with his um hand, that freaking infection um that's apparently still affecting him. Um, So, yeah. As Pato said, smoking mirrors before playing Geelong. We'll move on. We'll move on. Um, Liam Jones. This one's actually a lot bigger than I thought, Pato. In that with West, the Western Bulldogs, they're fucked in defense. And they're even more fucked now that Liam Jones has gone down with that broken arm. So it might be a lookout and wait and see if there's any like young guys that they might pick in defense. They might switch fucking... Um, Norton to defense like they did on the weekend. I don't know. It's kind of a real wait and see there. And they haven't really got their, the Western Bulldogs haven't got their bats, back six settled at all. Yeah. I mean, they are a bit uh, small down there. I don't know how far away Darcy is, Sam Darcy. Um, I mean, everyone knows how good uh, Norton can be down there. Um, he's shown he it in his shit. first couple, couple he of years. Shit. Can I just say, there was a clear instruction for when whoever had Norton for them to run directly uh, when the ball's coming in to run directly to the goal square, and he got caught out like three times in the space of a few minutes. I mean, he hasn't so, played defense in four or five years, so uh, different running patterns. Like I'm sort of <laughs> sort of reaching here. Um, I can see a world where he maybe turns into an option, but no. Nah. Not that. I don't know. I don't know. Not anyway, that's that's the dog's problem. Yeah, Matty Johnson, alleged corky test paddo. They've actually come out since I did this run sheet and said that he's good to go for this weekend. So awesome. I reckon they just said he had a corky and he was subbed off because he wasn't great, but he wasn't great because he wasn't playing midfield and he's a midfielder. So we'll see. He may not even make the team. Um, hopefully he does, but he may not. <laughs> Yeah, um, two giants, Nick Haynes' ankle and Lockie Whitfield's suspension. Um, you're probably thinking about Harry Himmelberg with the Nick Haynes call. I think Himmelberg's going to be fine um, in defence. He's that, yeah. Um, Lockie Whitfield's suspension, though, I don't know whether that makes way for um, Faye to come in or whether they just bring Isaac Cumming straight in because Isaac Cumming actually went pretty solid on the weekend. Well, the interesting thing here is that Nick Haynes actually played a bit of wing on the weekend, Dana, before going down. Yeah, right. And in the VFL, I don't know if you know this, you're the waiting in the wings man, but Isaac Cumming played wing on the weekend. Mm. So there's an avenue there where possibly Fahey comes in and plays halfback. I think Cumming's probably the one that comes in and plays halfback, um, and we'll see who plays on the wing there. But I I think Himmelberg's okay short-term, but I still have worries long-term, but 
we'll get to that probably next week because Himmelberg's got the bye this week. I'm sure we'll have a lengthier discussion next week about that. Yeah, yeah. and the last one, Samson Ryan, angle four to six weeks. If you had him, fucking get rid of him. Yeah, yeah, he was ready to go this week. If you haven't, didn't already get rid of him a month ago anyway. So, yeah, yep. Send him off if you haven't already. Oh, uh, rookie trade-ins before we do waiting in the wings. So, rookie trade-ins. First one we got is Dev Robertson of the Brisbane Lions. He's now 218K. He's a mid minus 52 break even. His last two scores have been 84 and 95. Uh, Pado, as you know, our friend Daniel, uh, he was very keen on bringing in Robertson and rightfully so. I still have reservations about his role. I still get the sense that he's kind of expendable because I don't think he stays at Brisbane. And I think it'll get to a point where if he hasn't signed another deal, they're just going to say, well, you're not part of our longer term plan. So we may as well get the game to the sharp or someone like that um, instead of him. But I think shorter term, I think it's really, really good. Um, but if you're relying on Dev Robertson to sit on your bench for the rest of the year and provide sort of 80 to 90 cover on the year, it's not going to happen, I don't think. Yep. Um, Angus Sheldrick. Yeah, this guy's another case of those fucking um, substitute games and whatnot and just really fucking with you. Anyway, he's 190K mid-slash forward, minus 43 break even. He's had a 61 and a 91 in the last two. Um, he finally getting a full run at it. Um, his VFL numbers were pretty good there. Um, we mentioned him earlier on in the waiting in the wings um, previously. And, yeah, it's starting to translate into AFL, but we've got Mills and Heaney to come back. What is that? Where does that leave Angus Sheldrick, Pato? Yeah, pretty crazy. He had 55% time on ground for his score of 91. So mm-hmm. pretty impressive stuff, especially against, uh, I think, a top four Team in Brisbane, even though Dermy doesn't think so. <laughs> um, yeah, well, this is another one that just screams vest. Um, yeah. It has ruined him so far. I know he scored well, and when the role's there, it's great. But as you mentioned, Heaney and Mills to come back into this team, I can't see the, the role upholding. He did have 10 CBAs in his 55% time of ground as well. So he, he played a couple of games early on where he played just like half forward and wing. It was just completely lost. Like the guy's a midfielder. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, yeah he's looked great in the midfield, shock, shockingly. <laughs> yeah. Harvey Harrison, another one, 123K forward, uh, minus 38 break even. Not a massive ceiling. Uh, he's played okay, uh, but there's some guys to come back in now. Pato, we won't really talk about him. I want to just pose something to you. Do you think it's this time now where everyone's got their pretty teams almost settled to being like settled now, are they better off just bringing in the 102K guys? Because it all depends. Like- Honestly, it all depends um, on how many trades you have left. It depends on if you've got bench cover or not um, and whether you're going to get to a completed side. Like there's teams that have gone crazy that are sitting on like three or four trades coming into this weekend, Dano, and – I think those sort of teams, you need the bench cover because as soon as you lose someone, like these tackle suspensions are getting kind of nutty um, in the fact that you just don't know when one of your primo guys are just going to have a real sloppy tackle and miss a week or two, and then you're fucked if you've got a Sheldrick on the bench who gets the green vest in three three or four weeks' time when Callum Mills is back playing midfield and Mm. you're getting 10 points because he's come on as a sub. Like, I think it depends. Like, for me, I've got guys like Nat Fife on my bench, even though he played terribly on the weekend. 
Um, having the cover means that you can target a 102K guy. But I think if your bench is looking really thin and you're holding guys like Constable and Bytel and like those sort of guys, I don't think you can target donuts. I, I think you're foolish. Yeah, fair enough. Um, one that I floated to you randomly was Marcus Windtaker at 202K mid slash forward minus 11 break even. And you got an 85 last weekend in his mid roll. You saw my thoughts behind it in that he had 36% CBAs. Um, he's got, what, Hunter Clark out for a month. Um, let's say he scores 60-plus from here on. Uh, I said that on the 15th of June. <laughs> um, and then he ended up coming out and going okay. Do you, do you think he's viable, or do you reckon it's no point now that he's cracked the 200K range? See... This is an interesting one because he actually had the most CBAs out of all non-Ruckman. So Marshall had the most for the Saints, and Windhager had the most out of the midfields, more than Steele, more than Crouch, more than any of those guys. Um, And he actually did a really good job tagging Shea Bolton, um, considering how good Shea Bolton's been traveling the last month or so. So I think there's a a role there for him. I'm just spewing this isn't by tell because this was his role in round one. But anyway, I know. Um, I'm trying not to get too salty about that. But uh, I just, I don't know. I think it's a volatile sort of situation. Like last week against the Swans, I didn't catch that game. Um, but I'm fairly sure, yeah, he only had nine CBAs last week against the Swans. And in that sort of role, I don't like it. He scored 42 against them. So, like, did he only play midfield because he had the Shea Bolton job, or is he just going to become a permanent tagger now? Like, I think it remains to be seen. Like, they played Brisbane this week, so you'd think that if they're going to go for that sort of setup again, like, Steele tried to go with Taranto, but did a pretty poor job of it because he's mm. fucking cooked. Um, but does Windhager go to a Lockie Neal this week and get the CBAs again, but then the following week against West Coast, you're not going to need to tag anyone against them. So does he go back to a, a different role? Like... I can see the merit. I can see the idea. I think at 202K, I think you may as well just go down to a 102. Yep, sweet. That's what, what I'm you thinking can do, now too. Yeah, yeah. Because what you can do with that extra 100K is the difference between Oliver and who's 580K, like Andy Brayshaw. Like, that's a no-brainer, not a, isn't it? Not even. Not even. It could be a difference between a 440,000 guy and a 540,000 guy. Yeah, exactly. So... I think, especially if you've got decent enough cover- coverage, where Marich, someone like Marich is your R8, oh, sorry, <laughs> F8, and and you've got an F7 of like Nat 5, I think that that's all you need. Yep. Speaking of uh, Ryan Marich, we're going early on this bloke. Uh, 102K is up forward, what, minus nine break even, 49 um, he scored in his first game. Good job, security. That's I, He's going to be one of my trade-ins, in all honesty. Um, I just I want to maximize those one hundred two k guys that I know I'm going to play, and he's one of them. Even if it's yeah. the game early, yeah, I'm getting him in as well. Don't know. Um, forty nine against Adelaide in a game that they lost by what eighty odd, ninety odd. Um, no, actually, it was like one thirty, wasn't it? Like it was Adelaide big. destroyed them, and it, it was, was at, at Adelaide. So. Marich was the only one that scored multiple goals for them, I think, and they, he had like two out of their five or six that they had or whatever it was. So I, I think as long as this guy can walk, he's playing um, for the West Coast Eagles. Lock. 
on the rest of the year. So I think you just, yeah, bring him in, um, sit him on your bench. Hopefully you don't need him. You won't need his money. So just have him sitting there. And if you need a 30 or 41 week and you've, you've lost your, your cover guys, then he can jump in. But yeah, just yep. bring him in, maximize your trade down and yeah. Happy days. Okay. Let's move on. Kai Loman's another one. Uh, he's 146k up forward, minus five, break even 62 average. Um, Played a decent half forward role, but I'm not I'm not locking him in at all. I'd want to see another week on this bike, minimum. Yeah, there's just too many moving pieces in this Brisbane team. Um he yeah. did look good, but I, I don't think you can have any confidence in bringing him in, especially off one game. Yeah. Same with Jasper Fletcher, one fifty seven K mid, minus one break even sixty three he scored. Same thing, just played a wing. I can't do it. Yeah, same, same. Looked great once again, but yeah, who knows? Is he is he two weeks away from getting dropped, and then you got another dead rookie, um, especially another dead Brisbane rookie? Because I know a lot of people <laughs> jumped on sharp. So yeah, yeah, no thanks. Okay, we'll do a rapid fire waiting in the wings, Pato. Um, we're going to start off with um, Geelong and their VFL team, and my boy Hardy um, going out of the sandful. You got twenty one disposals, uh, and this is probably wrong from because I'm fucking using footy live and you're going to bring up the VFL stats and you probably got more. Uh, 21 disposals, uh, six marks, eight tackles, and he got 101 dream team and kicked it behind as well. So fucking, I hope he plays. Um, the other two... So, sorry, ones, just just quickly on that, Dano, um, I should have probably put him in the injury list, oh, no. but Tanner Bruin did go down. Oh, Tanner Bruin. Oh, yeah. I thought you said Hardy. I was like, what? No, and got (laughs) subbed out. So they might be looking for a midfielder, and they did get beaten pretty comprehensively. Granted to Port Adelaide, who are one of the better midfields in the comp this year, even with their young brigade, but they might be looking for that midfield reinforcement, and and it could be Hardy. Well, it could be either one of these three guys. So the next one we've got Simpson, 21 disposals, three marks, three tackles. And then our boy Mitchie Nevitt, a.k.a. The Nev Dog, the Nev Lord, the Nev God, just anything you want to call him. 20 disposals, of which 16 were kicks, four marks, eight tackles. But in, if you look at Dream Team alone, Hardy got 101. He got the most out of those three. Um, so don't mind me a bit of a uh, a Hardy. Uh, I'll get a hard on for Hardy if he plays. Fucking, I'll get, I'll get him straight into my mids. <laughs> I'm assuming he's... List actually, what is he listed as? Is he mid or mid forward? Uh, I oh, good question. I will look that if up. If he's a mid speed. forward, that's even better. Mid, he I, I, is one hundred two k. Um, yeah, he's mid mid only. Fuck. Okay, I was wishful thinking. Um, but I think moving, we've got enough yep. DPP swings that we could probably maybe make it work. Yeah, I just want these one hundred two k guys. Moving on to Sydney and our boy Harry Arnold. <laughs> Um, I had to cover this. So he got 17 disposals, uh, He got of which uh, 12 kicks, uh, six marks, one tackle. So he had an okay day. Had a, he had an okay day. Um, worth, worth noting that they lost by 111. I wasn't going to bring that up, but, yep, they did lose by 111. <laughs> uh, moving over to the Giants VFL team. Um, and just of note, Isaac Cumming got 29 disposals, kicked a behind. Uh, but he got no tackles. Right, he's playing on the wing, so. Yeah, but Josh Faye also got 20 disposals, one goal, seven marks, two tackles. Yeah, but they're also on the bye this week, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm just I'm just saying, like, can't just say 
because of that. Um, Matty Flynn had twenty seven disposals. Yeah, but the ones that I, I when when they're off their buy, I'm really interested to see. Although they probably won't get in anytime soon. Dirksen and Grzyzewski, uh kicked four goals, one and three goals, three each. They keep doing it in the VFL, so I'm hoping that they get a gig soon, um, or they hold off for next year. That would be even better. Yeah, I mean, the the number one ruck, his name uh, his name escapes me right now, but he Cadman, he he look, he struggled on the weekend. Did you say the number one ruck? The number one giraffe pick. Sorry. Oh yeah, because <laughs> I'm like, you know who the number one ruck is now? Ah oh, yes, yes, Briggs, <laughs> big Briggs, big dig Briggs, big dig Briggs. Yep. Um. Go to your team, Pato, and the Richmond VFL team, Trezise. Uh He's the mid, um, mid-season mid draft pickup. He got 20 disposals, three marks, one tackle. I don't know whether that's going to mean much. Very tough defense to break into, especially without any injuries or anything. Jaden Short's gone back there and will probably, like he's more of a Dylan Grimes sort, so it probably takes a Floston or a Grimes Injury to potentially be a look-in. Th- the one to look at here is Banks, who has been playing half-back slash wing and pushing up, and 27 disposals and a goal on the weekend, and he's had about a month of really good VFL footy, and I believe he is a 102K um, DPP. No, he's 123K defense mid, so um, he's probably the one, Dano, I think he's next in line um, ahead of Trezise, or Trezise, however you say it, in, in terms of defenders, but... I mean, the way that Richmond are playing, I, I, I can't see them making any, like, yep. form-related changes. Thanks for just swiping the next bloke off my list. Uh, you are welcome. <laughs> that is A-OK. We're in sync. Um, okay. Who from Carlton will I talk about besides mentioning that Georgie Hewitt got 24 disposals? We're not talking about uh, Jimmy Bytel? No, we are not. No. Who from Carlton? You're trying to wish it into existence, mate. Yeah, I wish. I, I do wish. <laughs> A bloke that we've talked about before uh, that no one ever talks about. So is it someone that made the, the squad of 26 but didn't make the squ- the final team? Oh, fuck. I actually don't know if he did make the final uh, the squad of so 26. So Bins actually made the squad of 26? Oh, there you go. So, yeah, it's Bins. And they, <laughs> yeah, and granted that they played yesterday, they played Sunday, so they had obviously the 26 named. Um, and there was a bit of excitement that he could be debuting, but they, they basically said Friday afternoon, they're like, no, he's not actually playing, um, but we're just yeah. sort of rewarding the VFL form. So, like, on that basis, I think he's probably not far away. However, they've just come off a big win, shockingly. Yeah. yeah. So still, I'm just going to note him. 32 disposals, seven marks, two tackles. So and he got 112 dream team. Like, fair play, kid. Fair play. And I believe he's play, been playing halfback as well. And I didn't actually catch this game, but like I don't think Shinkota's setting the world on fire. Mm. Um, to be honest, I switched it off when um, I looked at the scores and it was Gold Coast were like starting to win comfortably. I'm like, ha fucking Carlton switched it off. Then all of a sudden I'm tuning in via radio to the Giants game and they're like, oh, yeah, Carlton win by 50-odd. I'm like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, now the issue is like Newman came back from injury. Um, he's not doc- knocking Newman, Doherty, Sard out of the team. Um, obviously, McGovern and Weedering are key positions, so they're not getting out of there. Um, Boyd, also key position. Um, you've got Chincotta, who's probably the one, but 
who knows, really? He's been in and out of that team a little bit. So, I mean, we'll see. They've got the bye this week, and, and hopefully Bins isn't too far away. However, I don't think he's 102K. He's 117K. He's a, he's a mid-forward in coach. Ooh, would be nice. Would be, yes, at 117. Anyway, let's talk about trade-ins now, Pato. So we'll start off with defensive trade-ins. Uh, Jordan Dawson, 573K, 115 average. 48% ownership with a 128 break-even. You could really wait a week, but again, you could hit his break-even, Pato, so you've got to kind of play the numbers. Yeah, Collingwood midfield do tend to do well against the inside type, so I think if there's a going to go big this week, it's Dawson and not Laird. As a Laird owner and a non-Dawson owner, I'm hoping it's the, the inverted, but I think a 573K is really great value um, without even regarding the break even, but you can possibly wait one more week. It just depends on sort of your structure, but he's in less than half of teams, um, averaging 115, which is good for second in defense. So obviously having a really, really strong season, probably thereabouts in all Australian form. So I, I, I think this is a really good trading option this week. Yeah. Jack Sinclair, 544K, 102 average, 26% owned, 85 break even. Roll is nice. Uh, price is nice. But, again, if Jack Steele doesn't play, Pato, let's say he doesn't play, does Jack Sinclair go into that midfield? And then fuck no, up I'm the hoping Pytel comes in. Oh, I fucking wish. I fucking <laughs> wish. But let's let's be realistic here, Pato. He probably isn't. I'm going to use reverse psychology on the universe here. He probably yeah. isn't. <laughs> the uh, thing that's frustrating about Sinclair is... At halftime, we were sitting on about 70-odd. And those that follow me on Twitter know that I jumped on him on Saturday afternoon. Um, Fife had had an average game, and I was looking at having that in my A-10. I was like, nah, I've got to do something here. I had the cash in the bank, so I went Weddle to Sinclair. And at halftime, I was was rubbing my hands together going, yep, yep, great idea. Um, But he just got to 102, and... It got real wet. It was piercing down at the G, and, yeah, he sort of got to a 102, and Richmond was sort of on top in that second half. So frustrating end, but he didn't have any CBAs. Um, he was around the ball a little bit pushing up, but I think that's more because it was a wet game rather than he was playing midfield. So I'm still happy. I think it's still a really, really good price point at 544K. I think he still represents value. I was surprised he's only in 26% of teams because he's already had his buy, obviously, and um, we know what he did last year. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Now, our boy King Supercoach is in the top 300 paddo, and he's looking at bringing in potentially this bloke that we're about to talk about at 399K. So am I. So am I. It's Elliot Yo, 399K. 82 average, 4% owned, minus 9 break even. Risky as fucking shit, but his last three scores since coming back have been 73, 125, and 113. And this was the Elliot Yo that we thought was going to come out in round one. That everyone was going to start, mind you. Everyone was going to start, and then he didn't play until round four, and then got injured in, what, round five, and then has just come back. So this, yeah, I feel like... Where money's tight and you've got a bloke like this that could play like a primo and it is playing better than some primos, I feel like you've got to jump on, in all honesty. His true value, like value for money is just there. So my my dilemma here is, Dana, that I need one more 
defender to finish my team. Yeah. I am strongly considering bringing in Elliot Yo on top of someone like Dawson and having one of them in my mid permanently as coverage in case Yo goes down. I think this value is too good to ignore. In the game against Adelaide, where, mind you, they lost by 122 points, yeah. Elliot Yo had 11 CBAs. Fuck. And there were over 30 in this game. Bailey Williams had 35 CBAs because there right. were 1,000 kicks. So he played a lot in defense and got CBAs. And he still, what did he score? 113 in that game where they got destroyed. Yeah. And then you've got 125 the previous week against Collingwood. Um, I think there's enough evidence there. Like, yes, the injury risk is real. But I think at the price, like with hit with a break even in the negatives, if he goes down, you just use one of your injury trades that I'm hoping people are holding on at least one or two. <laughs> um and he could get to five hundred K and then the sideways isn't as horrible as if he stayed at three fifty K or or if it's a Jack Steele who might eventually just get fucking sent to, to the purgatory and then you're dealing with a four hundred K premium where you've well, <laughs> hashtag premium like inverted commas premium that you've got to try and find someone cheap and you just you're tearing your hair out trying to find someone that might give you a hundred every four weeks. So I think when the value presents itself like this, I think you've got to jump on. Elliot Yo has history. He has history of high scoring, has history of injury that's with the risk, but I think I'm gonna jump in. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm looking into it myself. Last one in defense that we've got listed is Jarman MP, 436K, 80 average, 1% owned, 40 break-even. Three-round average of 108, Pato, playing more in defense um, than the wing. Risky with his role as it could change again, but they've played better since he's made the move down back. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, his role has has changed a little bit week to week. He's played wing, he's played half forward, he's played half back, but... The last three weeks has been nailed down into that halfback role where he scored 112, 105, 106. And I think they've lost one of those games from memory, Dano. They lost to Port Adelaide, I believe. But then did they beat the Lions? Yeah, they beat the Lions yep. and beat the Saints. Mm-hmm. So I think the role change is there to stay, especially with Sicily out. And it's great value. Yeah, sure, it's risky as shit. Um, but. Look, he's had a pretty decent scoring history in this halfback role at Port Adelaide before he moved over to Hawthorne and and at Hawthorne in bits and pieces. So, look, it is very risky, as I said, but these are the sort of moves that could either win or lose you your rank. And we say it most weeks, like, you you do something bold like this, it could get you into the top 100 100 spots um, or it could drop you out. So it's it's a real sort of all-in move if you're a poker player, but it could really pay off. Yeah, agreed. Moving on to the midfield, and we got Rory Laird as our first one at 625K, 115 average, 32% owned, 91 break-even. It's, he he going he gonna to hit his break-even, you'd think. I mean, yeah, he's going to hit his break-even. I'm pretty confident of that. Yeah. Well, you, we wouldn't usually suggest trading in a guy at this price, but f- somehow it feels like this is a discounted Rory Laird as to what he can produce. And... Everyone will tell you that he has had a pretty average year, Dano, especially early days. And it's 115 average. He is the third averaging, third highest averaging pure midfielder in Supercoach. Yeah. And Dunkley and Dawson are averaging more than him. I mean, Dawson's had one more point than him. 
and Dunkley obviously higher as DPPs. But in terms of just midfielders, he is third. Yeah. And he's 78,000 discount from his starting price, which of course was over 700K. So this still feels like value for Laird. Um, I think Adelaide have a fairly decent run home and it's Rory Laird. We know what he can get. So yeah, I think, yep. I think this is the guy if you can afford him. Yeah. Lucky Neil, 599K, 112 average, 20% owned, 98 break even. Looks to be back to his best. I did mention him as a potential VC option last week, Pato, and he delivered the goods. So I feel like the Lucky Neil that we know is back. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think he's finally worked out sort of how to play with the new look midfield and. People, again, think that he's had a, a poor year, Dano, and he's the fourth highest averaging midfielder. Yeah. Um, which is pretty nutty. And I, I think from memory I mentioned last week that I was going to VC Dunkley, but I feel like Neil could score more, and that ended up happening. But I was pretty happy with 137 from Dunkley. Um, but, yeah, like, yeah, Neil passes the eye test. He looks really good. He looks really hungry. Um I think, yeah, really great price. Clearly not going to be under 600K on the rest of the year. He'll hit his break even fairly comfortably, I think, against the Saints. And, yeah, I think it's a great trading option. Yeah, Pato, is Darcy Parrish back this week? Mate, he is apparently back. Oh, so Darcy Parrish at 567K, 107 average, 1% owned with a 101 break even. Serious POD territory there. And I don't know if anyone's actually spoken about him, mainly because it would be his first game back, but that break-even is very achievable. Yeah. Yet to be confirmed that he's back this week, but like they were always targeting the, the game after their bye um, as his return day, just in time for a nice trip over to Perth where he averages 83 against Frio. But I think this is a really great... Price. Um, his last couple against three have been really good in 113 and 134. And at 567,000, I think it's a great price. The week before, like the week that he got injured at training, everyone was all over him. Like, like that podcast, I know, I think me and you spoke about Parrish and Merritt almost yeah. nonstop. We were, I, I was going to bring both of them in. You were going to bring Parrish in Parrish, and, yeah. and switching to Merritt. Mm. But like, there's no reason not to be really high on Parrish. And the fact that he's in 1% of teams, no one's talking about him. Like, if he plays this week and scores 130, everyone's going to be scrambling to get him in next week at about 580,000. So you could jump on him early and um, get ahead of the pack. It's risky, though. He's coming off. It was a hamstring, wasn't it, Dano? So that's always risky. Uh, but they won't rush him back if they didn't feel like he was ready. Yeah. Yeah. And. I gave this like the stamp of approval and then he got injured during the week when I gave him the stamp of approval, remember? <laughs> but yep. they still they've still got that um back to back northwest coast game too, don't they? Yep. Yep, in a few That's weeks. A, yeah, so fuck man. I just yeah. If you look at oh, Parrish could be that guy. He could be that guy. I'm still very, very adamant about that. Now, Brad Crouch, Pato, he is 510K, 95 average, 1.6% owned, and a 64 break-even. Got a three-round average of 111. Steel's going shit. Just saying maybe he could be a viable option, a bit of a POD. Yeah, I I think this is a a risky one. Uh, We've we've thrown some risky ones in here for people to contemplate. And, And as you said, 
Jack Steele is is fucked. Like he's clearly struggling. If they're not going to rest him, looks like Crouch could be the number one guy. And and I know the last year he had some um, decent numbers um, in terms of super coach more in the middle part of the year. And I feel like he is that number one guy. And if Winhager is going to come in and be a tag guy in the midfield, Steele doing like playing pretty limp, um, honestly. And and, and Crouch looks like the one like I don't know if he has a ceiling of sort of the Neils and the and the Olivers of the world but he could give you 100 to 120 every week and that might be enough at his price point at 510k Dano yeah I'd fucking take that over with Jack Steele right now <laughs> yeah yeah you're not wrong there fuck uh Luke Parker we've also got Pato 562k 100 average 1% owned and 101 break even he's got a three round average of 119 and who does he play this week Pato West Coast Eagles, who he averages a lazy one twelve against over his career. Just saying. Yeah, obviously you're not bringing him in for just this week, Dano. But yeah, has has a really good um, history this year, Dano. And I know he's on the older side um, of thirty. Seventy seven against Carlton a couple of weeks ago. Obviously he had his suspension as well. Come back and and done a lazy one forty five against the Lions in in a predominantly midfield role. The only slight concern is when Henia Mills returns, does he go back to a sort of forward role? But he was playing midfield even when those guys were in the team, Dano. So I feel like this is kind of okay. 562 is a bit of an awkward price. I think you could probably do better at that price. And I think Parrish at 5K more is probably a better option there. But yeah, who knows? Um, Parker might interest some people. Yep. We're skipping the rucks, are we, Pato? Yeah, I, I don't think we need to talk about rucks. Big Briggs. Um, okay. We'll move on to the forwards. Um, Darcy Cameron, who is also a ruck, 464K, 95 average, 8% owned, 70 break even. Not a, su- uh, a super sexy pick there, Pato, um, but he's got that DPP swing. If you've got Madden as your R3 um, and you need to cover in the ruck line you can swing Madden up forward get one of your forward guys onto the, the bench guys onto the field loop it and get Darcy Cameron into your ruck line that way um he's just got heaps of flexibility and at 464k I don't mind it now I didn't I I, I did mind it before but I don't mind it now yeah it, it feels obvious because of the ruck coverage it's a really good price however I just want to flag something here Dano his his ruck run is actually really tough to to end the year. Yeah, okay. So he's got the Crows this week, which is obviously he, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that matchup against O'Brien. But then he plays the Suns and Wits. Then he plays English and the Dogs. Then he plays Sean Darcy and uh, Frio, Luke Jackson, Frio. Yep. Port Adelaide, who like under Lyset. Uh, with Lysette rucking have been kind of restrictive. Carlton, now that's an okay matchup. Hawthorne have been super restrictive to rucks this year with their tandem. Yep. Geelong, I mean, it depends who's rucking there, but Stanley should be back by then, and he's been a bit restrictive at times. Brisbane and McInerney, we know how restrictive he can be, and Essendon, who are actually conceding the least amount of supercoach points to opposition rucks. Interesting. Very interesting. So, something to contemplate. Like, if you're happy with him getting 90s for the rest of the year, 
feeling safer in the knowledge that he's going to cover an English or a Darcy or a Marshall who have had the injury concerns in previous years, then go for it. Um, however, if you're holding injury trades, I honestly think there's a cheaper guy available that might be a better option. And if one of those rucks do go down, you just flick them on to someone else. Yeah. I'm going to go to the 531K boys next, Pato. And then I we'll led finish. you into it and you skipped him. Um, no, nah, I want to leave him to a You know, <laughs> fuck it. We'll go into it. We'll go into it. We're going to go out of order. Fuck it. Um, the person, oh, the player that, Pato is talking about is actually Ben Keys at 418k, 76 average, 3% owned, 19 break even. That a three round average of 108 since moving back to the midfield would potentially go to our mate Disco Dacos, but don't know. But he's also got that risk of getting put up in the, the forward line again, Pato. But like 418k, you're like, fuck, man. Ben Keys is a midfielder, 418k. You, that, that's juicy as fuck. But it's just that risk of. He could switch roles at any moment. So this will absolutely make or break people's seasons, Dano, because like just looking at this week, like round seven, he went to Disco Dacos, played a, a restrictive forward role and scored 52, obviously, because he's not worried about getting the ball because he's playing on Dacos. Yeah. The last three weeks where he has got more CBAs and played a predominantly midfield role, he has been on midfielders in a restrictive way, but still getting hundreds. So we're fine with that, that role. He played in those three games, Brisbane, Gold Coast, and West Coast, who all don't have halfbacks that warrant, uh, sorry, yeah, halfbacks that warrant a restrictive forward role on. Yeah. So obviously Collingwood do. Um, they've probably got the best in the comp in, in Dacos, I think, in terms of that aggressive halfback that you just really need to restrict. Uh, then he plays North and Essendon. Like they've got guys that you could restrict, but maybe not. Um, the Giants, probably the same. Melbourne, you'd argue maybe the same. Um, Port Adelaide, I mean, it's it's a tricky one because, like, is the forward role going to come back or is he just going to play midfield and tag guys? That's the biggest yeah. question mark. But I, I think it's worth the risk, honestly. Um, I, I'm I'm bringing in keys this week, I think. Yeah, right. And if it's, if it's a fucked up pick, it's a fucked up pick. Like, I will yeah. live by that. Um, I need to take some risks because I took too many earlier on in the year, Dano, mainly with my harass call. Um where <laughs> I need to make I need to make up some ground. So keys and yo and those sort of guys is how I'm going to try and make that up. Yeah, I'm I'm contemplating it myself. Um I wanna try and have five trades left for the rest of the season with a fully complete team. The only problem is having these guys in the team <laughs> in my best 22 doesn't look the greatest. But again, looks can be deceiving. Like, i got Briggs at R2, and he's doing great. So, yeah, you never know. Um, don't mind it, but I also do hate it at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And that's why that's what makes it a make-or-break thing. Like, you bring him in at the average 105 for the rest of the year, and you look a genius. Yeah, you bring him in, and he goes back to his forward role and averages fifty on the year, and then you've got egg on your face like I do with the brass call. So, or Jack depends Steele. how risk risk averse you are. Yeah, yeah, and Jack Steele, fucking hell, I will look back and have nightmares at the end of the season. Anyway, same, same. Um, moving on. So the two guys on five thirty one k. The first one's Errol Goulden, one hundred three average, fifty percent owned, one thirty two break even, and he plays West Coast this week. And the other one is Nick Martin who is 92 average, 3% owned, 37 break-even this week, 
with a three-round average of 129. But Pado, I'm lumping these two together at the moment, even though there's a, a nine-point average difference. But, like, what? let's say you own Goulden. Would you look at Nick Martin as a bit of a POD option or would you steer clear? Is, is this off you reading what I wrote in the run sheet? No, just in general <laughs> because um, so, I, I feel like you can't so, own both. So That's me. If For those playing at home, Dano has in front of him the run sheet where I have said that if you don't own Golden, it might be a nice alternative to go with Nick Martin, but I don't think – you can own both because they both play that wing role that is volatile. And I just don't think having two of them is worth the risk. I think like they're both susceptible to a 60 as, as, as likely as they are to go 160. And like Nick Martin has had three real or five really, really good scores in a row. Well, three, three epic scores and the five round average is healthy because of the, the three last ones. Um, but he's also like he's got a forty nine against the Suns in round two. He's got a seventy two, a sixty, a sixty four. So, like if you're if you own both Golden and Martin, and they both go sixty in the same week, when others in that spot have Darcy Cameron, who I think is is a lock for eighty every week in that role, and has the potential to go one twenty, one thirty in the right matchup. Um, others might have Zach Butters, who is going hundred plus in his role. Um, you know, even a Jeremy Cameron, I think I'd prefer over taking the risk on Nick Martin if you had Golden. But if you are one of the fifty percent or so teams that don't have Golden, I don't mind Nick that Nick Martin as an alternative. But I just, as I said, I don't think you want both of them in your team because it's just asking for trouble. Yeah. Can I just say I went I went to the um, Blues versus Essendon game, saw it live, and actually was paying attention to Nick Martin's running patterns. That dude, like, eye test blew my mind. He was amazing. And it won't surprise me if he's in that, what, is it a 40-man list for freaking AA? For that no, wing role? fuck that. Nick Martin needs to be the starting wingman in the All-Australian team. Oh, fuck team. yeah. But 100%. we all know it'll go to a Rory Laird or a Jordan Dawson that Correct. plays midfield. But... For a bloke that's played 34 games at 22 years old and in his second year of AFL footy, yeah. Nick Martin is unbelievable. And I don't think he gets forward status next year, but I think in his third year of footy next year, if he was forward, I would consider starting him. Yeah, fuck The up. guy's elite. absolutely elite. I think yeah. I think Champion Data came out and said that since they've been tracking um, – the, the scores in the current system that he is on track to be the best wingman ever Fuck, in terms of huge. data, in terms of data. So like pretty nuts, pretty nuts. Consider yeah. he was an SSP recruit, Dana. He was like, he got skipped on in the fucking drafts, trained with Essendon. And they said, well, this guy can fucking play and debuted obviously round one. We all had him last year. I would hope um, as, as a cash cow. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't have been a horrible hold, Dano, last year after we all traded him out. Plenty of 90s in there last year. But, yeah, pretty pretty amazing story, to be honest. Um, and He's a star, absolute star. I rate him very highly. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Now, let's go to question time, Pato. And we don't really have anything on Twitter. Yeah, we've got heaps on Facebook, though. So let's answer yeah. the one or two on Twitter we had. Oh, I can't even find them. 
All right, let's see. I know... I'm avoiding your jocks mailbag questions. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm just trying to find live podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. So Scobie sent us one. Oh, uh, yep. Is a certain Carlton fraud captain still as useless as an ashtray on a motorbike? <laughs> I don't want to talk about that, Scobie, because um, it hurts. Anyway, his PS. <laughs> You'll like this, don't you? Okay. When are they building a Brigatron statue and why <laughs> shouldn't taxpayers pay for the king to be erected in his, pe- I mean, in gold? <laughs> I'd be all for it. Fucking slam it out the front of Giant Stadium so, right now. Without having really looked at our Facebook questions, Dano. Yep. I think I'm trading Briggs out this week. You nuff. Oh, nah, I'm not about it. We'll go to Facebook questions now. Okay, so we'll start off with Scobie again. Because <laughs> he did it on Facebook too. So Good he man. goes, what's the difference between a homeless man looking for his next meth hit and Jack Steele? At least the homeless man shows some fucking heart on his endeavour. Yeah, I mean, I, I, saw, I saw a lot of tweets over the weekend regarding Jack Steele, obviously pretty contentious topic on Saturday night. Yeah. At what point is it just plain foolish over bravery that he's playing. Like, he's clearly not right. Like, give this guy the break that he needs next week, not this week, please, because of the round 15 bye. <laughs> um, Unless it's Bytel. Unless Bytel comes in. Mate, Bytel in for Steel for one week could be fine. Like, at least Bytel's healthy. Probably gets me 100 and then Steel next week after a week off. Anyway, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's just bordering on foolish now that he keeps playing and needs to put his hand up and go, look, I'm not right. Um, I need a week or two off to get my knee, Achilles, shoulder, fucking vagina, whatever is troubling him um, and just just sit the ego down for, for a bit because he rushed back from his knee, uh, sorry, his shoulder, um, played with a metal rod in his fucking arm that's probably okay. clearly still there. Anyway. To Scobie's next part of his question. Do people get stuck on names? They see the name of a player who was once a primo and the stats don't align to it, but they get stuck in the past and pick them anyway. That was me with Steele. I am going to admit it. I was like, yep, Jack Steele's at a juicy price now. Let's fucking jump on. And I should have just avoided. Hindsight, wonderful thing, Pato. Now, yes, but I think for good reason, because look at look at an Elliot Yo this week, for an example. Oh, yeah. like people are going to look at him and go, well, he's missed the last three or four years, missed a lot of footy in the last three or four years because of calf, hamstring, sort of soft tissue injuries. Uh, but you go, well, we know he's a good scorer when he's fit and he's a 399,000. Like, I think the name helps, but I think you need more data. Like, I, I jumped on steel uh, for the North Melbourne game. So he was back for, for two weeks since missing three with his shoulder. So he scored 54 against Carlton. He scored 126 against Port Adelaide. I saw the 126, and I think he had 10 or so tackles in that game against Port, 11. And I I jumped in, and he did a knee in the North game. It was Adelaide. I think against Adelaide, he did a knee. And I believe he got subbed out at about three-quarter time, and that sort of affected him for the rest of the year. Now, he did have that 135 against the Giants, and I think it's fair to say, Dano, that they're a bit of a slower midfield with, with the likes of Green and and, and Cornelio. So I think 
I think it kind of helped, but he's just struggled since then. And I, I feel like that's just, that's luck. That's an injury that happened since the shoulder. I don't think it's a shoulder that's bothering him anymore. So whether it's an Achilles, whether it's knee, whatever limb like that's sore, he's clearly struggling. So I, I chalk it down as an injury. Now, if it was Tom Stewart that went out and did an Achilles injury and played through it, like you wouldn't think twice because he was a primo before that. So I think there's merit in looking at the name. I think in hindsight, you'll, you get a bit more data. Like we do, yeah, people do get stuck on the names, 100%. Um, but I think for good reason. Yep. So Sam, he has asked, is Tom Green a keeper with only two out of his last six over the ton? He's thinking of moving him on to Oliver. And is Darcy Cameron a good F6 option? It leaves him with 20 out of 22 primos and five trades left and plenty of cash. I feel like you want to get to 22 primos, wouldn't you, Pato, rather than 20 out of 22? Yeah, I think if you've got Tom Green, you should prioritize getting 22 first. I think for the first part of the question, Dana, we're going to disagree. I don't think Tom Green is an upper echelon primo, and that's why I jumped off him when he got suspended for one week. Even though I went to with that trade. I know, anyway. I know you're doing a humble brag there, but just back to the actual question at hand. No, I was actually putting myself in the dirt again by saying that I went to Took with that trade. And that was anyway. the week that Took went down. Anyway, so Tom Green, don't trade him out. Darcy Cameron, a good F6 op- option. We said, yeah. Yes, but I think he's a better F6 option. But if you've got plenty of cash, Sam, why don't you go up to a to someone better? I know, I know that all the all the good premiums are on the round fifteen buy, except for Dunkley and Goulden. But why don't you just wait one more week, get your twenty first primo, whichever whatever's missing on another line, so whether it's a defender or a midfielder, and just next week go to whatever round fifteen forward you don't have. So without knowing the team, obviously I don't know who that is. Whether that's rosy, whether you can go with Butters. Butters, I think, would be a nice little POD-ish sort of guy. Um, I think if you've got the cash, go somewhere else and just wait. Yeah, fair, fair. Bear with me while uh, my screen decides not to shit itself. Um, uh, here we go. Okay. You've got Ross. I said, I have 10 trades left with two boosts. Hello. 180K in the bank. He's thinking of doing four trades this week, which will get him to 18 players on field and one off a full primo-ish team. So I'm assuming it means that he's got, like, um, your sheasels and whatnot. Um, just lost for who to bring in at the moment, though. So hopefully we've given you some options there, Ross, and I hope you're enjoying your cricket retirement because um, you're a pretty good cricketer. But I think if you've got 10 trades left... Do you see the merit in targeting your Yo's and your Keys sort of guys and then end, ending up having them as D7 and F7? I I think he's in a really good spot. you got the two I agree. boosts. Two boosts. Absolutely, absolutely use your is, four trades yeah. this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'd be so inclined. Yeah, honestly, the Yo's and whatnot, if he can maximise... And try and get four guys like without doing a potential downgrade because he's got one hundred and eighty k in the bank too. Yeah, you could honestly, yeah, one so off. Let's... You could end up getting. Well, I, I would let's say I would lump your sheet. I'm going to lump Sheasel in as the one of the primos. In all honesty, 
Dude's still scoring outputs of 90 plus and over 100. So I'm, I'm trying to hold him as long as possible. I've just seen him as a keeper. Um, and I think Ross probably will still have him as well. Count him as one. And then if you get your yo in, count yo as one that you can, oh, yeah, I don't mind it. So I might have found Ross's team if it is Ross Sponsibles in our group. <laughs> yep, yep. So the obvious trade outs for me, um, looking, giving it a quick look, Chincotta out, Wardlaw out, Eddie Ford out. Yep. There's three. Fourth one is tough. He's got Tyler Young that scored 74 on the weekend, so I think he's maybe a hold, although you could jump off him. And that should be able to get you Yo. I'm trying to quick math here. Yo, he's hopefully a legit primo. With the extra 180K. Yeah, so Yo would get you as the D6. Um, get an get a, a primo mid in, and I would be targeting who doesn't he have that's playing this week. Always oh, got Canelo in his in his midfield actually. So flick him forward, flick him forward, and you can get forward up to a midfielder who are our midfield targets. Don't know. I've gone blank. How about a parish? Yeah, get a parish in as a pod. You still got Seamus Mitchell, who can easily go next week for your final primo spot. Um, and I, I think you're laughing. And I think with the trades in the hand there, Ross, I think you can afford to take that risk. He doesn't have Will Day. Nice. Although Will Day's starting to play okay. Doesn't have Sheasel either. Oh, okay. So I'm not sure how he's saying primo-ish because the only one that's questionable here that I can see is Patrick Cripps. So how much is so it? Think, groups? <laughs> uh 457k. Ooh, I might try to be. So no, well not this week on the buy Dana, but maybe we'll nah, talk no. about that next week. Yeah. That would kill me, mate. That would kill me. Well, the first time I trade him in and he goes bananas for the rest of the year. No, just <laughs> but it'll kill me because you could go one fifteen on the rest of the year at four fifty K and I traded the fucker out last week. Anyway, um yep. if that is your team, Ross, I hope that gives you some ideas. But I think, yeah, you're in a pretty good spot. I think you can afford to take some risks. And if, if someone like Yo does fuck up, you can easily turn him into, I mean, a Sheasel. Yeah. <laughs> someone like that. So, or, you just, or a Day. Well, Day has probably jumped off those guys. But, yeah, I think you're in a pretty good spot, Ross. So don't stress too much. All right. Simon says, got six trades only. 14 out of fifth, uh, 14 to 15 players playing this week. Do Does he use... Three trades to try and get 18 this week or conserve for the run home and take a loss this week. If he does trade, he'll still be one short of full primo. Oh, that that is a tough one because you don't want to be using two of your final three trades to get your final primo. You go, it's, so I it think, depends on if you're going for league or if you're going for rank, really. If you're going for rank, you're going to have to use them. If you're going for league, fucking hold. Well, maybe not hold because you can still jump off a, a ward law or a forward to marriage to get that extra... Granted, it's a rookie, and marriage could only score 40 or 50, but, I mean, 40 is better than none. Yeah. Um, and you could just load up for, for next week to to get to your, your final team. So, yeah, it all depends. Um, if you're in a cash league or something, probably just hold off because one week's probably worth the sacrifice, and you just want to get that full primo by finals. If you're going for rank, as Dano said, yeah, you got to be aggressive and go for it. So it all depends yeah. on what you're looking for, really. Yeah. Liam. 
said, who are the best defensive options to bring in at D5 and D6? And would I be better to move Toronto to the mids? He actually said kids. Um, if it means I can bring Darcy Cameron into my forward line. Well, we've already gone over defensive options in the potty. So I reckon skip that one, Pato. Um, would he be better to move Toronto from uh, to the mids, sorry, if it means he can bring in Darcy Cameron into his forward line? Yeah, I like that. I like... Um... I like a go at D6, honestly, um, and, and a Taranto to the midfield, meaning you can get in ruck cover, which I think is going to be important. I like it. However, just obviously you would have already heard what we said about Darcy Cameron. He doesn't yeah. have the best run home in terms of opposition rucks. So just take of that what you will. If you've got the trades, I would just hold on to the trades and maybe keep Taranto forward. And if a ruck goes down, you just trade them, even if it's a one or two weaker. Yeah. Um, but it all depends. We actually had some inbox messages, Pato. Yes, I saw that, and I was going to make sure you didn't miss them. Yeah, so Tate, avid listener Tate, says he's at a loss as to what he needs to do this week. Obviously, he needs at least one more player playing this week, but not sure on who or in or out. Uh, feel free to do a team review, he said. Also, he's pretty prompt for coming second in the weekly group rankings. Good on you, Tate. Um, okay, so... Hmm... So the obvious one for me is forward to marriage. I think you lock that trade in. Yes, that, but also... That gets, you that gets you 150K. Hang on, bear with me. How much does he have in... Oh, he's only got 15 grand in the bank. Okay. Yeah, you could do that one. Um, that could let you go chink at a yo. Yep. Yep. You Although with Rioli, nice. with Rioli and Sheasel, I think maybe yo's a bit... Risky, so I think you try and get to a Dawson, honestly. Hmm. I feel like he's better off trying to utilize the money a bit better because look at his midfield, Pato. Yeah, so how about a Johnson down as well? Yeah. Does it look like he's in, he's in a pretty good spot without doing the counting? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So 10, he's got 11, Will 12, Day to move 13, back into defense. His defense is kind of already set, to be honest. Unless... 14, 15, 16. So he's got 17 playing with the four trades. Yeah, he's kind of, I feel like he's done optimize <laughs> to get the players. Oh, yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's, like, he's got Will Day in the mids, so shift him back to defense. But realistically, I think he's better off actually switching one of his forwards into the midfield. Yeah, but none of that really matters. I think he needs to target a primo midfielder. Mm. And with nine trades, you could probably try and get to an Oliver, although that may be not may not be the best use of the money that he's got available to him. But, I mean, with Wilmot, Ashcroft, Humphrey, Johnson, Chincotta, and Ford, there's a lot of money there tied up in rookies. So you can be aggressive. I'd be using four trades here, Dano. Yeah. And I'd be going Chincotta, Ford, Johnson, Wilmot, out. And I'd be getting in two primos and two rookies. So Marich is one rookie. Maybe you target a Dev Robertson or something as a more expensive rookie and then find out what primos you can get with, with what's left, money-wise. Yeah. That's what I'd be doing. Yeah, I'd, I'd say try and utilize those 102K rookies as much as possible, like your marriage. If one of the other guys comes in, just fucking... I Honestly, I'd be keen to jump on them early. Because if, about- if they... If they come in and then go out, who gives a shit? You've you've maximized the amount of cash that you can potentially get. What about Jack Bullard, Dana? It's a little bit risky because he was <laughs> I jumped out. on him. I jumped on him last week just because I wanted to maximize a one oh two K. 
He plays West Coast this week in Sydney. If he gets named. And but, he was plucked out of the waffle too, wasn't he? Yes. Do you think he might be keen to prove a little point here? Yes. Anyway, I think we need to get onto the VC and C options before we run out of time, Pato. All right, let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. So we're not called the Supercoach Co-Captains for nothing. Every week we give you guys VC and C options to set your team apart from the rest. Even some cheeky smokies in there too. So we've got a Thursday game again this week, Pato. Thursday we have at GMHBA Stadium, otherwise known as Giants Second Home. It's the Geelong Cats versus the Melbourne Demons. Who you got in this one, Pato? Mm, Clayton Oliver has a really good history down in Geelong. I think he averages about 130-odd. But I don't like him coming off that. But, yeah, yeah, with the cloud that he's under, I think you'd probably steer clear of that. I don't know if I like anyone here. Maybe a Petrarca is about it, but I think there's better options. Uh, yeah, this is going to sound really fucking weird in left field. How many teams own Jack Viney? Oh, stop it, mate. No, no one listening owns Jack Viney. And if they do, send us an inbox or DM us on Twitter and I will apologize on air next week and shout you out. Like, no one owns Jack Viney, mate. Oh, the off chance I do. I don't mind him for a cheeky visa. Um, what about Tom Stewart? Um, don't hate it, but I think there's better options. I'm, I'm staying clear of this game. I'm just going to sit back and – I mean, I've got basketball training, but I'm going to sit back yep. and enjoy – this game for what it is, and that's two sort of top eight teams going at it down in Geelong. So, yep, that's fair. Friday, we got uh St Kilda who are fifth versus Brisbane who are fourth. I can't believe Saints are fifth. Uh, <laughs> can't believe Brisbane are fourth at the moment, to be honest. The way they're playing, uh, who you got in this one, Pato? And why is it Josh Dunkley? Like, yeah, hello, like Josh Dunkley. It's hard to go <laughs> past a guy that has a five round average of 137 and a three round average of 144. Um, and we'll probably go over 700k this week as a forward. Like, that's pretty nutty. I want to know what Rowan Marshall's scoring history is like against Oscar McInerney. I'm intrigued. Well, there's an easy way to find that out. So, 113 last year. Ooh, then a drop off. 54 when, he, when Marshall was playing forward. Oh, yeah, okay. And, and then 2021 in the ruck, Marshall scored 95. So, not super great. Not super great. I'm trying to think of I mean, anyone people, else. People are jumping off Marshall Dano in order to keep Briggs. So yeah. I think I think we'll be steering clear of Marshall as an option and we'll just see how he goes. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't Lucky want Sinclair in this game, Dano. Lucky Neil. I feel, I, I get the sense that Windhager goes to him. You don't reckon he goes to Dunkley? No, because I think Steele goes to Dunkley. You reckon Steele's going to tag? Well, no, not tag. Or still went to Taranto as the bigger bodied mid and kind of tried to negate him around stoppages and Fucking the way failed. that Steel was moving and the way that Taranto's <laughs> moving. Um, that's like trying to outrace a fucking Ferrari with a truck. Like it's just not happening. <laughs> Try to outrace a Ferrari with an LDV. <laughs> Taranto's the, the Ferrari, by the way, Kane Corns, and uh, could win the Brownlow this year, but gamble responsibly. Not even in the top five for the Lou Richards medal. Weird. Um, all right, we'll move on to Saturday's game then. Um, Sydney Swans versus the West Coast is, Eagles at the SCG. Here's possibly my VC, Dano. Errol. Errol. Fucking Errol Goulden. You reckon he's just going to go off his tits? I, I heard murmurs, murmurs, Dano. Like, I didn't catch the game on the weekend, but I heard he played a bit of forward time, which concerns me. 
Yeah, okay. Although his heat map suggests that he played wing. So ignore that. Um, I, I, I mean, there's a world where Errol could get 30 touches and kick three goals and just get 140. I don't, I don't, I don't mind uh, Lukey Parker either for anyone that's bringing yep. him in or ha- that has him. Yep. Um, uh, even Jack Chad, Buller. W- Chad Warner. Jack Buller. Jack, Jack, you are not VC Jack Buller. <laughs> no, I didn't even own him, but Tex Walker scored 210 against him or whatever it was, so you never know. Buddy? Fuck. No one knows Buddy. Oh, my, my screen's just frozen. This is a fucking great phone. I need to update. Oh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, anyway, we'll move on. Fremantle versus Essendon at Optus Stadium. Mm, Nick Martin's going to have a lot of room to roam around in uh, mm-hmm. the wide Optus Stadium there, don't I? Yep, yep. Um, if well, Zachy Merritt, fucking Andy Brayshaw, even a Luke Ryan, I know you don't want me to say it as a VC, <laughs> could, could pick off a few... Um, especially if he's playing on Wiedemann, if Wiedemann's playing, because he's fucking hopeless. Yeah. Now, I know I know. we just mentioned that Essendon concede the least amount of points to opposition rucks. Pato, we got to speed things up. We've got two minutes. Darcy's last oh. two against Essendon have been 121 and 146, although it's coming off a hamstring injury. Huge. Okay. The two Sunday games, Collingwood versus Adelaide Croats at the MCG. Disco Dacos. Laird or, Laird or Neil? No, nah, Dacos will get tagged, I think. Led or Neil? <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> Dawson. Led or yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and Disco Dacos? Nah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah, nah. Okay. Nah, nah, I scored 70 odd this year against them. And Gold Coast versus Hawthorne. Ooh, I'd love to see someone do an Anderson or a Rowell and they just pop off. I mean, it could happen. I, Anderson could get 180. Yeah. But I think you've used your captain before this game. Yeah, probably. Anyway, Pato. What is your Twitter handle? It's at P-A-T-T-O-S-Triple-C. And mine is at D-A-N-E-O-S-Triple-C. So please also listen to the Jock Reynolds mailbag this week. Uh, Pato will be on there and, yeah, just give him some real shit questions too. Like just absolutely just <laughs> fucking serve it into him because this will be up on Spotify and all the other platforms before the mailbag. So fucking listen to this and get stuck into him. So from us... At the Supercoach co-captains, I'm Dano. And I'm Pato. And this is our signing. The fuck off. (laughs) Fuck.